VIP Access with Aniko. Welcome to VIP Access episode 10. This is my podcast where I sit with different artists and creatives from all over Africa and also Kenya. I'm very happy to be sitting down with an amazing singer, songwriter. She's an indie soul artist. I've loved her music from the very first time I heard her. She's quite young, just put her foot into the industry and continues to grow. And from her recent wins, we know that she's set to take over Africa. She's actually been crowned the best female artist in East Africa at Afrima Awards. I'm talking about Mudaka. Hey, babe. Thank you. Hi. How are you? I am good. Yo, congrats. The best female artist in East Africa. Oh, how does that feel? Crazy. It feels not very real, (laughs) but it feels nice. Thank you. Yeah. Doesn't it feel good after all the work you've put in in the recent years? to finally get this type of um, acknowledgement and win. It feels very overwhelming, actually, because as a new artist, there are so many other categories that I should have been nominated. It's the most promising breakthrough. But then to start with the best female artist, it's very, very humbling, I think. But it's also very... It's it's very validating. I think that's the word, yeah. Yes, very validating. yes, yes. So when you're in Dakar mm-hmm. for the awards, like, did you... Think you're gonna win? Did you prepare a speech? No, my I think I had the worst speech because I was I was shaking, I was confused. I was actually waiting for them to be like, actually, no, it's not you. Because even when I was walking to the podium, I was like, wait, just to confirm because I wasn't sure. So I didn't know that I was going to win. I was actually just going to have fun and make the most of it because there are a lot of artists who actually couldn't go, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was just going to make the most of it, have fun, travel. So I didn't know until they announced my name, which was very, very shocking. Very, very shocking. It's that moment when they announce your name and you actually don't hear and guys are like, yeah, it's you. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> because they don't even speak English. So, and I think they don't have like that TH. So when they say Mudaka, it's Mutaka. So at first I'm like, is that even me? I don't <laughs> think that's me. But then with uh, the people I was with, the Wanavokali people, mm-hmm. uh, group members, they turned to me and I was like, oh, okay, so it is my name so it was it was it was crazy oh congratulations thank you i think you started 2023 on a very good note yeah and i want to get into the person mudaka the artist Mm -hmm. the type of sounds that inspire you the type of music that you make Um, is indie soul music it's sometimes r&b so could you tell me a little bit about your inspirations and Mm-hmm. What influenced your sound to be what it is today? Uh, yeah, so I think initially when I was going into writing my own music, I wanted a genre that I felt like I could define for myself. So I put the words contemporary indie soul because I thought it would give me freedom to operate within, because I defined it for myself, so I mm-hmm. thought I can only define what that is. Yes. So sometimes it's R&B, it's reggae, it's soul music. But now I think I'm kind of switching a bit and trying Afrobeats and trying different things that maybe wouldn't be the norm for what people have known me before. But I think because it's still me, it can still fall under contemporary indie soul. And yeah, I think changing that has been very easy. I think even as growing as a songwriter, it's natural to want to explore to different yes. sounds. And even as you collaborate with other artists, you gravitate towards what they want and it's, it, it becomes natural. Yeah. yeah. And you started your music career at a young age. Yeah. You know, by the age of 19, industry stakeholders were starting to notice you. Yeah. People already wanted to sign you and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. When is the earliest you can remember, you know, being serious with your music or taking it as a profession? And what kind of support did you get from your parents or whoever, you know, was kind of 
giving you direction or helping support your dreams? The earliest I took it uh, seriously was right after high school when I joined Sorti Academy. This was in, I finished high school in 2016, 2017 I joined Sorti Academy. But I've wanted to sing ever since I was in primary, class four to be specific. Mm. So from then on, I always told my parents I want to be a, a musician, a singer. And you used to sing in school? Yes, I used to sing in school. Actually, I used to have like a duo. We were, we were two and then we were four and then it was just me. <laughs> so I was never even meant to be a solo artist, a solo performer. I was used to just, you know, being... Yeah, among the group members. Exactly. And then you're left alone and you're like, what do I do with this passion? Exactly. Now I'm like, now what do I do? But I think the helpful thing was being in Saudi Academy. They were very patient and very nurturing with the process of even songwriting. So as of 2018, when I started writing my own songs is when I took it very, very seriously and started performing as not just a random singer, but a contemporary indie soul yes. performer and just establishing myself that way. And um, I'm very fortunate to also have very supportive parents. I think it was inevitable because they knew I always wanted to be a singer. So they weren't like opposed to it at all. I remember even when I was supposed to join uni, I wanted to do Saudi first. So they were like, okay, so I just do it. And then afterwards do... Wow. Uh, they let you... you attend Saudi Academy before starting uni. Yeah, because I feel like as even as a learner, I, I can't multitask. And especially with music, I didn't want to be in school and performing because I felt like one would fall at the wayside. And I wanted to focus on music. So fortunately or unfortunately, I started doing so many live performances. There wasn't time to do uni. And then um, in 2020, uh, I got signed. So there was never time to be in school. Mm -hmm. But they have been very supportive. I also have cousins who sing and perform who have helped me also. Nice. So yeah, I think the foundation was very was very good to me. Yeah. yeah, and they continue to support you. Yes, yes, they do, they do. So you talk about getting signed in 2020. You were signed to Universal uh, Music Kenya. Yes. The contract has now ended. Yes. If you look back at the signing, how was it? What did you learn? Because you actually got signed at quite a young age. Yes. Um, you know, not with so much experience, but then yeah. when you get signed into this kind of deals, it's part of the experience you're garnering as you move forward in the industry. Yes. So what was your time like with the Universal team? My time was very nice. I met them in 2018. So I was about 19 at the time, but then we didn't sign until 2020. So I was about 21 mm -hmm. and I hadn't released any music by myself prior to that. I was very much a live performer. Mm -hmm. So I would be out performing on stage in uh, hotels, different places. That's who I was as an artist. I mm -hmm. never really wanted to do studio. So they came to one of my performances and so and offered their contract. So I'm very excited. I'm like, it's universal. Of course, I'm going to do whatever you all want me to do. I'm going to go to studio. I'm going to record. And it was very fun. I, I didn't realize I actually enjoy creating music in that format mm -hmm. because I'm so used to being with the band and making arrangements. So being in studio was very liberating also. Nice. So it was very nice. They introduced me to a lot of aspects of the industry that I never would have known before. Things like marketing and like talking to different people for interviews and uh, just overall being in charge of your music and knowing how to get publishing, things like yes. that. I, I didn't know and I wouldn't have known if it wasn't for them. So it was a very nice experience. You were supposed to do two albums, mm -hmm. but um, something happened in between. I only managed to do one project. Okay. So that was Sunshine, yes. which came out in 2021. 20, 20, yes. Okay. Um, ah, my pride and joy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm very grateful to them specifically for Sunshine because I feel like it has opened so many doors for me. It's what got me my Afrima nomination. Of course. Of course. So it has been a, a beautiful relationship and... Um, I'm glad that I was able to get the most from it and I hope they also feel the same. Okay. Yeah. And um, in terms of moving forward, now that you already got this signing, you mm -hmm. had an album out, 
you had a chance to review what didn't work. Mm-hmm. Do you still want to, you know, get signed to another label or some sort of management or how do you mm-hmm. see your career moving forward or how do you feel like this is the best way for me to move forward? I don't think I would like to do a label for now, I think. Yeah. The hardest thing to do right now is because I'm doing everything myself mm. and I mean everything. So I don't have a manager. I don't have any kind of representation. So that's what I'm really looking for, even if it's just one or two people who can help me without a contract without, or even with a contract. Yes. Um, but just to have that load off of me, because especially with the win, I got so overwhelmed with um, interviews and shows and things. I can't really navigate myself and also stay creative. Mm. So that is what I'm looking for and hoping to get, um, just get genuine support um, from people who are in the industry or who just can give me guidance. I think being in a label just shows you maybe the limits and also the expansiveness. I don't know yeah. if that's a word. The, the just, horizon maybe. Exactly, yeah. So I would like to try out this other side of being independent, owning my master's also for the first time, seeing what that is like. So yeah, I'm just definitely looking for two or three people who can just help me navigate and 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 see what we can do by ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You know, as a female in the industry and especially a young female, have you encountered a lot of challenges in terms of support because apart from the support on universal and mm-hmm. say your parents, mm-hmm. what's the gap you feel like is in the industry especially affecting women? Ah, that's a very good question. I think the biggest challenge or the thing that I feel is lacking, especially for newer artists, mm-hmm. is opportunities from performances, especially. I think as a full-time artist, the biggest way that you can make a living is through performances. Yes. And even before, what's crazy is before the Afrima, I would knock on so many doors, send so many emails, be like, I could open for you. I could just do it for free just to get the chance. But then no one really wanted to open up their space. And I think as a young female artist, especially if you're naive, if you're not very um, good at maybe communicating with people who've been in the industry, it's hard to get that room in. And there are also people who will also take advantage of you being a female and, and want to, especially if you're alone, if you don't have like a big group of people maybe, or just the appearances that you, it's just you. It's, yes. it's easy for them to be like, ah, okay, we'll, we'll do this and do that, but then not really follow up. But I definitely think performances, performances are very critical for an artist, even just to grow as a performer. And if you don't get those chances, if you don't get people who are willing to just help you or even just give you a 10, five minute set, it doesn't cost them anything. So I feel like it's very disappointing when you find that even female organizers don't want to give female artists this, the chance. So yeah. it's, it's hard. And I hope maybe even with my win, I can try and open them up to be more receptive, receptive not just after someone has done something. Yeah. Is when you now come back and be like, oh, okay, we can give you this, this, this. But by then it's like, I don't even want to because yeah. you didn't even want to to listen to me in the first place. So, yeah, I think if you can open up that space of performances mainly, I think it could go a long way. And it's shocking me that you're talking about the performance spaces not as open as they should be. Yeah. And especially for an artist like you who's clearly a performing artist, like mm-hmm. when someone sees like a past performance or even listens to your sound, you have the voice, you have the personality, you have oh, the you. band. <laughs> so I'm actually very surprised that someone would lock their doors onto you or maybe ignore you or not get back because you are actually a performing artist. So yeah. my question is, the few gigs that then are happening, are mm-hmm. they also making sense? Because 
there's some gigs where you go with your band yeah. and you also need to pay your band yeah. for rehearsals, for the performance. Yeah. We need to pay for the rehearsal space. Like, yes. is it making sense or what do we need to do to make sure that even the live performances that are happening are making sense? I think in a, maybe a kind of fan interaction, it's very, very helpful. But then obviously it's not making financial sense because as you said, the rehearsal spaces you have to pay for. If you if you want to look good, you have to pay for that. Makeup, also pay the band. It's difficult, especially if you're not known. I think that's the biggest challenge. Yeah. If you're not known and, and they don't trust you enough to want to even listen to your music, yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes it hard for even them to even pay you enough mm. because they think, ah, maybe I'll just give her or him something that will just appease them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you find at the end of the day, you've gone at a loss because mm. you yes, you've interacted with the people, but that also won't sustain you as an artist. So you find, I've even found out after the 2020, so many of my fellow artists aren't even performing anymore because we used to get that kind of drive from performances. Yes. So when you come back even now and all the organizers want to do is people who are bigger than you, which is understandable, of course. But yeah, I think we can try and make it make sense for the smaller person because you never know who they might become. They could be the yeah. next Afrema winner. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's important to just try and um, be open to giving them a chance and yeah. giving artists what they're worth, I think. If you can see an artist is putting in a lot in their performance, I think it's only fair. If it's a standard fee, that's fine. But I think for the upcoming artists, I think it's very important also to just give them that motivation mm -hmm. to keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But throughout all this, you know, there's always things not working properly in the industry, then some working, then something like yeah. this happens, you win an award. Through all this, how have you managed to still keep your focus, you know, keep performing, mm -hmm. keep recording, keep keep loving being in the industry because I've seen a lot of artists even retreat and say, oh, I'm taking a break for a year or two yeah. because it's just putting me down. But you seem to have managed to have that excitement and drive and passion. Like mm -hmm. you always send me messages and you're very excited. You're like, when can we meet? I'm always bothering When you. should we work together? <laughs> like, uh, when can I come to your office? And, uh, like, please expose me. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not even about like you messaging me, but like <laughs> there's this fire in you that's yeah. burning, and I just want to know more about how you keep that fire burning like that, despite all the ch challenges that might be the yeah. case. I won't lie; it's not always easy, and I'm not always um, as excited. I think sometimes when you just add an exclamation and an emoji, <laughs> it can help. But even when you're just in bed feeling like, "Hey, I don't even want to wake up today," but let me just try. Yeah. I think my listeners are very, very encouraging you. Earlier you mentioned um, there's a post I made when I was feeling very frustrated about things not moving the way that I wanted them to. And I feel like my listeners, I have a very intimate group of people who um, listen to my music and support me. So they send me messages all the time encouraging me. So even That's when, nice. yeah, I, I actually have the best, the best, I don't like calling them fans. I have the best listeners who are very invested in what I write and in how I express myself. So they help me a lot. My parents also, my dad especially, I think I come to him so many times. I'm like, I dad, see, we just go find a job somewhere. Because we, we even talked about it this year. At the beginning of the year, my new year plan was to find a job. Because mm. it's, it, especially financially, it gets to a point where you feel like, I've spent like seven, eight years of my life doing this. Mm. And by now my peers are graduated. They are now working, but I'm still pushing this music agenda. So I think... This is what I want to do. This is what I've always wanted to do. So the, there hasn't really been a plan B for me. Mm. So that kind of keeps me going where it's like it's this or nothing. I love that. So I have to try to do I it. I love for. that. Yeah. And now that you said eight years, we I had um, Pilani Bubu 
who's an artist uh-huh. from South Africa in the last episode of my podcast, and she mm-hmm. was talking about someone having advised her that it takes 10 years for something to come into its own, mm-hmm. you know, to build a brand, to start seeing the success of whatever you've been putting your hands to. So I think you are getting there, you know, mm-hmm. small wins here and there. Even the Afrima is a big thing, yeah. which... I'm celebrating you for, and you should Thank celebrate you. yourself and never forget that um, it's not an easy feat to it's be not. the best female artist in East Africa. And I think that also allows a lot of other people to want to discover you, listen mm-hmm. to your music. So I want to talk about the music business and like your album that came out. How has that album done? And in terms of where you get your revenue from, mm-hmm. did you get a considerable amount of revenue from that specific project or would you say most of your revenue comes from the live performances where's the money coming from that's a very good question i'm also wondering (laughs) i'm also wondering like where's the money (laughs) so what happened is um with my contract obviously i think even with dsps if you have access to your own accounts for streaming Mm -hmm. there's a way that you can get your money back from royalties so with me being under a label i can only go and uh check in on my finances a certain time in the year so uh, before we terminated I, I had one of those meetings and fortunately enough for my previous uh, project sunshine it had an overall of about 300,000 streams on all platforms which for someone who is not known and with virtually no promotion or marketing that was a big deal mm. so from that it makes you feel like okay maybe I can even get like a 10k 20k somewhere but then with the way the industry works, by the time the money trickles down to me, after it goes to all the different people, I was owed 1,716 shillings and like 80-something cents. Yes. Okay. One, 1K. Now you're 1K, actually, because I have a, a producer and uh, other people who worked on it, like instrumentalists, who we decided to do split sheets, are also, we're supposed to go on your 1K. And this 1000 that was your royalties from the album yes. was from a period of how many months? September 2021 yeah. till the last quarter, which was to December 2022, like a year and like two months, three months. That's a little ridiculous. It is crazy. It is crazy because when you, when you look at all the facts with the label, I was doing so much. I was doing my own marketing. I was doing my own sourcing for interviews. Mm-hmm. I was getting my own shows. I was doing everything by myself. And as a new artist, I was obviously don't have as many connections. So here you two just throw in favors, ask, you know, um, pleading with people to just be like, just let me, I promise. When I become Beyonce, you know, <laughs> at first when I had the 300,000, I was like, where? Bassi, you know, we made it. But then after getting my uh, thingy back and it said a thousand, I was like, okay, now it was very, very disheartening. And that's just the royalty bit of it. Now you can imagine I'm, I'm supposed to get my money from royalties and then also maybe get performance performances and then maybe that pays me and then I pay the band. So at the end of the day, it's not coming together. It's, it's not it's not my thing. It's not working. And if you don't have like big sponsorships and things like that, you really struggle even as an artist with, with um, now. And then also the different uh, platforms pay differently. So you find something like YouTube has very little returns and um, also other uh, platforms differ in, in how much you make yes. back. So it you have to really be making the big 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 hits to be able to get up something that is that is worth living off of. So that is I also don't know where that too. I think at this point, if it wasn't for my family just believing in me and thankfully also their frame are just keeping me going, 
it's it wasn't. I think that situation also is really um, inspiring an artist or driving an artist towards independence. Yeah. So that you feel like I'm in charge of my business. I'm mm-hmm. in charge of my distribution. If I get one thousand from that, the whole of that one thousand is mine. Yeah. But if I only get five hundred and I need to split it with you. Yeah, but then you also, know. if I was independent and I had that many streams, I would obviously be do more than the 1,000 because it has to go back to the... Exactly, oh. exactly. Yeah. And I also know record labels sometimes are cutting off some of the money they're yeah. receiving off some of the expenses they put on you. Yeah, studio. And exactly, studio. exactly. So, the, so, so I understand that bit. I guess the next stage of your career is a lot of independence or how do you see it? Yeah, you know, technically, I feel like I have been independent for a really long time it's been very good to have them distribute my music and obviously my music wouldn't have reached as many people if they didn't do the distribution part which i'm very grateful for but considering i end up doing so much of the you know behind the scenes stuff even when you were signed even when i was signed it's very difficult to even now consider myself an independent artist because if anything now i have to find distribution now it's even you know so i really don't know i don't i don't want to lie and say i have all these big plans coming i'm just hoping uh, like I said, I, like if I get a person or two who can help, mm-hmm. I think that's just the basis, be the basis. If I can just get help to manage some of the things, I think then maybe I could start picking up and and now even get the performances that can be and yes. even get more streams from that and maybe pay back the label, get some for myself or my band, and yeah, just keep that going. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. So just before we wrap up. I just wanted to ask, like, what kind of advice would you give to an artist who wants to work on their sound and also wants to work on their live performances? What's the five tips you'd give to an artist on how to package your sound for recordings and for live performances? First of all, I think the advice that I would have wanted to hear, uh, which I've never had because it's always pray, work hard, which is very important. (laughs) But I think what I would have wanted to hear is you're doing the best that you can and that's enough for now. You should be your biggest supporter regardless of what doors that you knock on and they say no. So you should just keep going. It's okay to not feel like doing it today. That's fine also. You are doing very, very well so far, first of all. For sound, I think when I first got signed, there was this overwhelming question of Sifanya Afrobeats. So you just do something that's small marketable. Mm. And I'm like, you all knew what you were doing when you were looking for me. You you know what I was, the sound that I was doing. Mm-hmm. So then why now do you want me to change? So I think you know your sound, you know what you want to write about, especially if you're a songwriter, please write those songs and um, you know what's best for you. So whatever you want to start off with doesn't mean that's what you have to end up with. Like me, I was doing a lot of soul. I was very inspired by the likes of Whitney and Mariah. So I wanted to be... You know the vocalist, and and I I still think I am. I still I still do like to to sing and perform that way, but then it's also okay if you want to change. You don't have to define your sound a specific way. You don't have to put a, a tag on it if if you don't feel like any of the tags really fit you. But then it's also very important to learn from um, the people that you admire and your peers. The live performance shouldn't always be the same as the studio, and I think that's what I love about live performances. It's always fun to change the sound. Um, whatever feels right to you, if you find the right group of people, the right band, or even just the right keyboardist or guitarist, or if you can even play for yourself, that's a bonus. I think you should just do what feels right to you. That's that's the most important thing because right now everyone wants to copy each other, everyone wants to do what is the trending, what is doing the numbers, but that's not always authentic and that won't always last. So whatever feels right to you, you should do that. When I got the award, I think 
most obviously many Kenyans don't know me and many and and it's it's okay because I'm I'm not mainstream but I think it's it's very presumptuous to assume that an artist has to cut corners to get an accolade especially and I think if we paid more attention to what the little person is doing as opposed to wanting to immediately be against it mm. I think the industry can grow because I feel like Oh, the African music scene is huge. When I went to Dakar and I saw how much the people love their artists, it really disappointed me because I was like, Kenyans would never. So I Are think there certain, you know, people comments that insinuated that you might not have deserved your award. Or those are all the comments that were there. It was crazy. Really? Like instead of congratulating you, it was like two percent congratulations. Okay, so I didn't read the comments. So what happened? What were they saying? Like, <laughs> how did you get this award or what? Yeah. So because most of them were like, uh, "Who is she? We don't know who she is. Uh, maybe her music is played in Uganda. Oh, she went and bought the award. Oh, these days you just have to have connections to get awards. These awards are fake. And it's like I get that people would be shocked that someone like me who's not known would win. But when you think about it, if I had the connections to win an award, wouldn't I have the same connections to make you know me? Say so I would use that connection to also like do more, more marketing for you to know me. Like it doesn't make sense that I would have enough money to and buy a for, trophy. For, for, for me, I feel like you don't even need to, to explain to them anything because I'm like, if you don't know her, then you need to do your job. Yeah. I always say like when, <laughs> when we say we need the industry to move forward, how do we move the industry forward? Yeah. People like to talk a lot, say, the media this, the artist this, mm-hmm. but every single person has a, a role to play. Yeah. So as a music fan, my role to play is to discover you, to be able yeah. to listen to your music. So if I see you've won and I don't know you, I need to go and listen to your music. Yeah. Not yeah. to be like, who are you? I don't know you. Yeah. Because I need to educate myself. Exactly. So exactly. people out here need to educate themselves. Like, yeah. don't try to diss artists for no reason and even for a reason there's no reason to diss artists period or even anyone for that matter <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like support the artists like when yeah. we say play kenyan music let's actually go out and watch them perform yeah and i think that's an inspiration to you to keep doing yeah to keep showing them who you are to yeah. keep releasing new music yeah i saw you had a collaboration with Sage, it's which is so, so, so like such a match made in heaven. Oh, thank you. Which other collaborations should we maybe look out for between Mutaka and some of her other favorite artists? There are so many collaborations <laughs> that I don't want to jinx. Yeah. But let me just say so that maybe Labda Vita push. Actually, there are two or three songs that we've worked on with Ben Sewell mm-hmm. that I'm hoping can come out very, very, very soon. Okay. You are also in Idaham's album. Yeah, That was cool. That, that was, was really cool. Yeah. Shout out to Idaham's. He's a Nigerian artist who had an album and I had the pleasure of being a part of, of it. I did a song with him. I also did a song with another Nigerian uh, but Kenyan-based artist called Praise. Mm. Oh, I have like five songs with Mordecai from Hat the Band. Nice. I have a song that we should have coming out with Ethan, Ethan Muziki. Oh, wow. And love um, Ethan. He's and love talented. Too, so that's going to be dope. Yeah, it's a really, really beautiful song. I hope it comes out. We had been talking with Emma Chiruto and working nice. on a song. So there's a, even Watenda Wheelie, there's a track we worked on. So I'm hoping Nikki nice. Sema, if it's a challenge, challenge will change Nice, nice, nice. So, yeah. Uh, well done. Stuff. Well okay. done, well done. Is there any other thing that you'd like to tell especially your diehard fans. I think we spend a lot of time telling off those people who are DC. Those are haters. <laughs> now we can spend some time <laughs> to um, give off the love that you receive as yeah. well. I just want to say thank you. I think that's the most important thing because I know 
I had literally the smallest numbers when it comes to maybe social media as opposed to all the other amazing female acts I was nominated against. So I know for me to have gotten more than them means my listeners and my family and my friends are very, very, very dedicated to helping me. So I want to say a very big thank you. I, it's only because of your votes and for keeping up with me bothering you on Christmas and New Year's. <laughs> all those times I wasn't really supposed to be calling, but I called. So thank you. Thank you so much to everyone who listens. And even the new listeners, uh, thank you so much for the messages that I get when you relate to my songs and when you want more music. Thank you so much. And yeah, I would just like to extend that grace now to all my other fellow upcoming artists and even established artists. I think it's beautiful when you see people want more from you and want to listen and, and, mm. and want to hear your stories. Yes. So I just want to say thank you. And um, I hope we can continue growing the industry that way. Whoa, thank you so much. Thank it's been you. so amazing to see you, to meet with you, to talk to you. I'm very happy to see you start to get the attention from around Africa. And I think it's the start of many big things. I'll always be rooting for you and love your music. I'm such a fan. Thank you for coming to VIP Access. Ah, after supporting you like this, <laughs> uh, I wasn't even over here at 6 a.m. waiting, just <laughs> chilling. You were not here like an hour before, so I, I yeah. loved it. Thank you so much. <laughs> this is where we are capping off VIP access this week with the amazing Mudaka. Please listen to her music. Go over to all the social media platforms and digital streaming platforms as well follow her listen to her music listen to her record sunshine it's amazing and um, keep supporting kenyan music african music next week i'll be back here with yet another amazing artist that you would love to hear their story ciao vip access with aniko